Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Powers. And today's guest has been around the home improvement space for over 35 years. He got his start with inside a retail window company. And he was an early innovator, paving the way for industry-specific CRMs. He was one of the very first speakers I ever saw at a home improvement seminar when I first came into this business over 10 years ago. And the talk he gave that day about really mining your data and how to get the most out of your leads has been a talk that has stuck with me to this very day. He is currently the Director of Business Development at MarketSharp here to talk to us today all about the data and the current trends we're seeing in this industry, my friend, Tim Mush. Hello, Tim. Hello, Kyle. How are you doing? I'm doing well today. And how are you doing today, Tim? I'm doing fine, too. Weather is great in Wisconsin. So, yeah, it looks like a great weekend here. Yeah, we finally have hit a nice uh, warm stretch of getting in the, the high 70s and low 80s. It certainly is nice when that happens in Wisconsin. Uh, so, Tim, I, sure I, I'm really excited to have you on today's show uh, and, and kind of get a look at uh, some numbers and some data uh, in some different directions. Uh, I worked for a gentleman once, uh, and the one main thing that he taught me was that data is key. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you and, and really dive into data and numbers and what does that mean for your business and more importantly for your lead generation and marketing cost. Uh, so Tim, before we really get into uh, the data and what that all means, uh, could you maybe share with the listeners a little bit about your background in the home improvement industry and uh, kind of the mindset at, at what you're coming at today's call with? Yeah, sure. Happy to do that. Um, got started in the home improvement industry, my gosh, a, a while ago, Kyle. I think it was actually probably in the mid-80s or so, and it was in the window replacement sector of the business, and myself and my brother Dave had a, had a retail window business for a number of years, 15 to be exact, and the business is still operating today, by the way. Um, and yeah, one day I just went and I'm decided I'm going to go buy a computer to try to help us in our business. So I went and bought one of these newfangled Macintosh computers back then and uh, figured out how to program the thing, created a program that now would be recognized as a CRM. Back then, those letters weren't even put together, um, but created that and it helped us in our business. One day, a Windows supplier came in and said, what's that? And I said, well, that box there, that's a computer. Because <laughs> not too many people had them back then. Yeah. And he said, really, what does it do? So I showed him what it did. And he said, that's pretty cool. You want to show my boss this, who's a window manufacturer up in Minneapolis? I said, why not? So up there I go, show his boss. He says, hey, I got a dealer meeting going on here in a couple of weeks. You want to show this to them? And gosh, I remember, Kyle, it was, it was at a hotel that's now the Mall of America parking lot. And I remember there were 100 people in the room, and I was up there with this little 9-inch black-and-white Macintosh computer in front of the room. No projectors or anything like that back then, and talked about this crazy idea I had of letting computers help us in our marketing and lead management and all that. And uh, by the end of the day, eight of them raised their hand and said, can I have one of those? You know, and certainly that wasn't my intent, but I said, I guess, why not? I think the rest thought I was from Mars. 
But uh, that's kind of how Market Sharp got started. Is just pretty much by trying to come up with a solution to help in the business. So that's a little bit of background about how we got to where we're at today. Yeah, that's great. I kind of like the part how, you know, you take it and you show these first people that have never really seen anything like that before, and they really gravitate towards it and, and want it. And it just really shows the power of how important it is, you know, to have something to really manage that data and, and how much of an impact that that can make on your business when done correctly. Absolutely. Uh, so Tim, can you share with the listeners kind of what you're seeing in the field here these last couple of months with everything with the COVID and the numbers you're seeing? And that's what really intrigued me to get you on the call today. The couple of times that we talked is really seeing on a grand scale, you know, what's going on inside of market sharp and the trends that you're seeing uh, you know, with with leads and, and issue rates and different things like that. Yeah, happy to do that. First off, kind of what I've seen. Wow, what a what a few weeks, huh? What I've seen is I've seen some extraordinary responses by by some companies in adapting to these changes that we've all had to deal with. You know, and it, it's been really interesting to watch this. And I got some thoughts maybe as we wind down the podcast later. Kyle, in terms of, you know, what I've kind of learned from the companies that, you know, are just kind of hanging in there and the companies that actually have turned this into a boon for their business. It's been interesting, but we're pretty fortunate here at Market Sharp, where we have access to a ton of data. You know, we got, you know, a few thousand companies that use our CRM out in the field. I'm sure many people in the podcast are one of those. And actually we have, we have a, access to about $3.3 billion worth of installed home improvements that these companies represent, so a lot. And we've been tracking this ever since, you know, this COVID thing came around and tracking numbers on a weekly basis, and then comparing the numbers to the same week in 2019. It's been very interesting. You know, when we started off in the early days when people were very uncertain and things were shutting down and so forth, the worst it got is, is leads were down about 60%, you know, and sales were down likewise as an aggregate of all these people. But my gosh, Kyle, it's been very interesting to watch this unfold as the weeks have gone by. I'll just share the most recent two weeks that we pulled. So in other words, the data I got from two weeks ago is showing that leads generated. What is that time frame? two weeks ago? What is that date range? Um, oh man, whatever it is. In other words, the most, the last week we've done, uh, was probably two weeks ago because we got to compile this data and let it kind of run its course a little bit. Yep. So we're talking mid, mid to late May. That's correct. That would, that would be what we're talking about here. And, uh, here's what we've learned. We've learned a number of inquiries that are coming into this aggregate group. Uh, we're at 110% of 2019 numbers, meaning leads aren't down, leads are up 10%. Appointments set, we're at 109% of last year at this time, up 9%. Now, demo leads were down 13%, and sales, net sales were down 10%, and net revenue was down 16%. Now, last week, the most, the most recent data we have uh, is better yet. Leads are at 120% of 2019, meaning up 20%. Appointments set are at 119%. That means up 19%. Appointments demoed, 
up 91%, or excuse me, at 91% of 2019 figures. So we're down 9% there. Net sales, we're at 92% of 2019. So we're only down 8% there. And net revenue, we're at 89% of 2019. So we're only down 11% there. So week after week after week, this continues to get better. And the trends I'm kind of seeing here, and I think you've probably seen this too, Kyle, is there's a whole lot of inquiries and a whole lot of interest out there. People are home, they're at computers, they're digging around, they're interested in improving their home, so inquiries are up. You know, getting them confirmed to in-home presentations and so forth, you know, that's been down a little bit. Leads demo is down a little bit. Net sales, down a little bit and so forth. But I'll tell you what's up is closing ratios are up big time. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out there that aren't all that concerned about getting three, four, or five different estimates nowadays. If they're going to talk to somebody, they're very serious. So that's kind of the aggregate data that we that we pulled most recently, Kyle. Yeah, those are uh, you know some very interesting numbers to look in. Uh, I know when we had talked uh, a while back, kind of uh, a few weeks or months or so into the whole shutdown and everything, uh, what was interesting was was leads was down, but once you got in the home closing, an average job was way up. So it's nice to see now that uh, it's kind of going the other way, that trend where leads are going up. Um, and, you know, kind of from what I'm seeing, uh, I just visited a, a client early this week, traveled to a location for a couple of days, you know, and they were getting canvassing back up and going. And from the response we're getting from the homeowners is, a great one. There was there was no negative pushback, and I think that has to do with a lot of the different marketing. You know, is is people are really starting to respond to it, um, and and act accordingly. And and you hit it, you know, the head on the nail with people are still sitting around their homes, even though we've opened back up. And in Wisconsin, uh, some other states are a little more restrictive, but uh, uh, most are open in some capacity now to what they were is that even though they can go work and, and do a few things, a lot of the major things that people spend their time doing outside of work, for example, you know, going to concerts and sporting events and things like that, you know, are still shut down. And so they're still spending a lot of time at home and, and Hey, if you've had that nagging home improvement project that you've been putting off just because you've been busy and you've been sitting here for the last couple of weeks or months staring at that, uh, and you finally get that call to action to you know roll across the TV screen or someone comes and knocks on your door or you get a direct mail piece, it kind of makes you want to respond a little bit more. And that seems to be what the numbers are showing. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it certainly does. You know, we're certainly seeing some trends here and so forth, and things are definitely looking encouraging. You know, we, we still have a certain amount of uncertainty out there and so forth, but uh, a lot of companies are adapting really well to how to blend in to the situation we're in right now. So it's actually, I don't know, Kyle, it's actually been kind of fun and exciting to watch this. And I want to say fun, please don't misunderstand. I'm not, I'm not saying the situation we're in is fun by any means, but, but it's certainly offered a lot of challenges to a lot of people and a lot of companies are taking those challenges and turning them into tremendous opportunities, actually. Which I also think is a great thing for our industry for the simple fact that the home improvement industry as a whole, uh, except for little facets here and here, there has not been extremely innovative. They they like to kind of do the industry trends and hit the industry numbers and and really know you know where their profits coming from and everything like that. And so, you know, the companies that have really innovated in this time and created some new things. I mean, even if you just look at you know online virtual selling, 
you know, whether it's been going great uh, for some or not so great for others, that's been something that companies have been talking about doing for years now. And, you know, all of a sudden overnight, they got pushed into actually having to do it and, and make it work. And so the companies that have really been able to, you know, innovate, uh, not only have they, you know, done well in this time, but they've actually, and I'm sure you can share some of this too, have some of these companies have been having record weeks and record months during this whole thing. Are you seeing some of that? I certainly am. You know, it's very interesting to watch. I mean, they're very busy. And, you know, you mentioned uh, the remote to virtual selling thing. You know, everybody jumped on that bandwagon right away because I had to. And uh, here's the thing. I think I think it's here to stay to some degree. Now, many companies are going to go back to the more traditional way of in-home presentations and so forth, which is good. But I think there's a lot of consumers out there. And I think as time goes on, more and more are going to actually prefer methods of buying like virtual selling i mean my gosh who would have thought you know a number of years ago that you'd buy a brand new car from a vending machine right you know and that's going on too so it's it's really great quite crazy out there but again like i said it is actually kind of fun to watch all the innovation take place yeah and, and tony and i you know what we're kind of putting out there is that we feel that still getting in the home in uh, doing the right things to set your appointment up to get in the home uh, and do the demo is certainly the best, uh, but then creating the right scripting and methodology behind it that if by no other chance all you can get is the virtual appointment, you know how to set that up. So, um, you know, there's some great ways to still optimize getting in the home and doing the right things to do that, but then also, you know, been able to, um, you know, do a virtual presentation if need be. And yeah, I think we're definitely, you know, looking at a new normal. I don't think everything's going to go back to the same. I think in a lot of industries, but particularly ours, there is going to be a new normal and kind of a new way that businesses are going to go about. Uh, I think it's going to incorporate a lot of the old, but it's just going to add some new on top of that. So that definitely is exciting to, to see all that innovation that has taken place and will continue to take place over the next couple of months. Uh, so Tim, you know, over the years, you've always been a big proponent of lead nurturing. I can remember I've known you for, oh, a little over a decade now. And, uh, you know, I've seen you speak many times at a lot of different seminars. And one of the things you've always really elaborated on in a lot of those different um, speeches is is lead nurturing and, and how to get the most out of that expensive lead. Because with your data, what are you seeing the average lead cost right now in the industry is? Yeah, I got that number right in front of me here, so bear with me, and I will get that. I believe it's like $319.62, as a matter of fact. That's the cost of an issued lead. So many people on the podcast might think, I don't spend that much for a lead. Well, remember, it's the cost of a fully loaded issued lead. It's not the cost to get a website click. So it's not an inquiry cost. Yeah. It's an issued lead cost, which means it's been converted to an appointment maybe confirmed and so forth. So, and that number is going up every year, Kyle, every single it year that number goes has. up and you would think with, yeah, you would think with all the technology we got and all this kind of stuff, this would go down. Well, I think because of all the technology and because of the internet, it's causing some of these numbers to go up. And uh, it's just so important to get our arms around this and squeeze every bit we can out of these expensive leads that we generate. Because when you think about it, it's probably, if not the highest cost most home improvement companies have, certainly one of them. 
in terms of the money they spend to generate these issued leads. So, so important to do everything you can to squeeze the most out of them. So lead nurturing, you know, you're right, Kyle. I've been telling that story for years and years. And, you know, when you think of lead nurturing, it can mean a lot of different things. You know, you can nurture unconverted inquiries. You know, in other words, somebody inquires but never got set to an appointment. You can nurture unconverted website visitors, people that land on your website and nothing else happens there. You know, there's ways you can nurture them. But let's just talk for a couple minutes. I know we got limited time here about unsold leads. In other words, leads that you're presented, but they don't end up buying. In other words, these are the ones that want to think about it, get other estimates, get back to you and all that kind of stuff. You know, we've learned statistically, and I've shared these statistics many times, that when you go generate 10 leads, for example, and spend $4,000 or so to generate them, send your salespeople out, and on average, they'll come back with three sales. Pretty much the way that it's been ever since I got into business, about a 30% closing rate. Now, some companies, and depending on product type and so forth, might be a little higher, maybe a little lower. But 30% is pretty much average. At least seven that didn't buy. So we did a bunch of exhaustive research, and we found that 60% of those seven will end up buying a similar product from somebody within a year. And if you apply that math, that's 4.2 more sales available in those original 10 leads. Heck, that's more than you got originally when you closed three out of 10. And unfortunately, many companies do little or nothing with those unsold leads. Now, some companies will have a rehash program, which might involve a phone call or something like that. And that's all well and good. Nothing wrong with that. But in today's technology world, you got to go beyond rehash. You know, that can be certainly part of it but you want to continue to communicate with these people over time because you don't know when they're going to get a tax return check or something that triggers them to say, okay, it's time. So be there, be there, be there with multi-channel marketing, emails, text messages, a phone call here and there, maybe a direct mail piece with a, without price increase notice or something like that. Just stick with these people so you get your share of these leads you've invested so heavily in. And you know, Kyle, oftentimes people will say, well, that, that sounds good, Tim, but does it really give you a good return on investment? So, so let's think about that. Let's talk about following up with these unsold leads 10 times over the next year that, that we weren't able to close. And let's analyze what that might cost us. Let's say four of those 10 communications are an email. So in your quick mind, do a calculation of what that costs. And frankly, in most cases, nothing. Yeah, pretty close to nothing. <laughs> There's yeah. virtually no cost. Yeah. And let's say two of them are text messages. Cost again, nothing. And maybe two of them are phone calls. Cost, I don't know, dollar or two each. And maybe two of them are a direct mail piece. And cost maybe a dollar each. So those 10 follow-ups you got, when you add it all up, might be four or five dollars, four or five, six dollars. Now remember, you invested four hundred and nineteen dollars and sixty-two cents to get that lead originally. We determined that sixty percent of these people are gonna buy from somebody within a year. Does it make sense to invest another four or six dollars in these people? Absolutely. Knowing that the odds are definitely in your favor. It's incredible. And the amount of business that can be gotten from this is 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 so so important to businesses profits nowadays and fortunately 
with technology tools, you can put this all on cruise control. You know, you don't you don't have to have a bunch of post-it notes trying to remind you to do all this stuff. It can pretty much be automated. And uh, that is just a huge thing that, that needs to be leveraged in our industry much more. So, okay, okay. Tim, yeah, that was some, uh, you know, great points there. And, and what I've always shared with, with clients is that, you know, you do 90% of the work to generate that first lead and that first sale. It's that extra 10% going above and beyond where all that profit and all that extra money is, whether it be the process you're talking about, about following up on unsold leads. And I think that's an awesome statistic for the listeners to realize that, hey, you, we're going to close three out of 10, but another four point, what was it? 4.2 of them are still going to buy from somebody. Hopefully it's you. And if you're doing the right things, you certainly get the chance at that happening. And so following up on unsold leads, but I mean, you hit it at the beginning of that too, talking about how, you know, you should have a system and process that follows up on onset leads. And then also a process that follows up on uh, leads that may be set, but canceled and get resets. And then, so on each of these steps where a lead has a chance to fall off, if you have programs and systems that you put in place, uh, for your team to continuously follow up and, and touch these, uh, you know, now it almost, I think the hardest work is going out and generating that very first lead and getting their information. And so we can take away from having to work so hard and having these huge teams to go out and get the leads. And we can go with smaller, you know, teams that can generate a great lead and then using all these systems and processes on the back end to follow up and, and really get the most out of them. Absolutely. Makes total sense. And so while we're talking about these different numbers in, in metrics and things like that, uh, can you share maybe uh, what you've seen are some, you know, metrics that are critical, you know, for business owners to know uh, when it comes to conversions, you know, both on the, the front end and, and kind of going into the, you know, back end of the sales side of the business? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the best way to kind of visualize this is think of your car. You know, we've all probably experienced this. All of a sudden, you're driving your car, and all of a sudden, this this light comes on your dashboard. You know which one I'm referring to, Kyle? Uh, the check engine light, I'm assuming. Yeah, the dreaded check engine light. And you, oh, my gosh, there's something wrong here. So you go investigate and find out what's wrong, and they plug it in, and they say, this is going on, and so forth and so on. And I, and I, and I think of that and think, oh, why don't our businesses have something similar? So... If there's something haywire in our business processes, that something can alert us. So we need like the equivalent of check engine lights. And there's plenty of other dashboard lights that are in cars. And our business has some that it needs too. How about a light that comes on when your leads are low? How about a light that comes on when you're not converting many of your leads to appointments? Or maybe your sales are low compared to the number of presentations made. Or you've got a high cost per leader sale. A light comes on and warns you or a low demo rate. Or how about this one? A light comes on and says, your profits are dangerously low. You better do something about it. We don't have lights like that. But technology gives us tools where we can pretty much get the same thing. And I think throughout, uh, we'll just limit, we'll just kind of limit this to the sales and marketing process. And I know we're kind of short on time here, but I think there's, there's a few numbers that are just critical for people to know. And the companies that I, that I am aware that know these numbers inside and out are the ones that are getting through this COVID thing with a breeze. 
because they're able to make adjustments. And the first number you should know is your inquiry to set appointment conversion rate. In other words, how many of your inquiries are being converted to set appointments? That's a number that if you determine is too low, fix it. And by fix it, I mean you probably got something going on with who's ever doing the appointment setting, either an inbound or outbound call, or maybe at a show or event. They're not saying the right things. They're not skilled. They're not scripted. Or maybe they're not following up quickly enough. That's just a number you've got to know so you can determine if there's issues there because that's where a ton of stuff falls through the cracks. Second, second metric, uh, your set appointment to demo rate. In other words, okay, you got an appointment set. How many are turned into full demonstrations or full, full, full demos? And that's a number that's very telling. It can tell you a ton of stuff in terms of what's going on, maybe with your salespeople, maybe how they're analyzing or overqualifying or who knows what. But another area where a bunch falls through the cracks. Next, your salesperson's closing ratio based on both issued leads and, and uh, demoed leads. That's a number we, we know we got to know, um, but it's one that's very important. Fourth, your salespeople and your lead sources, net sales per lead issued, NSLI. That's a great number. What it means is every time you give a lead to a salesperson, they come back with this amount of revenue to your company when it's averaged out. Same thing with lead sources. Do the same analysis on what lead sources are providing a high revenue number for you every time a lead gets issued from that lead source. It's a great way to analyze what lead sources are working. It's a great way to analyze your salespeople's performance. And then finally, your marketing cost per sale. Notice I didn't say marketing cost per lead. You know, it's fine to know that number, but really the one that matters is your marketing cost per sale because that's what puts money in the bank for you, not just how much a lead cost. That does nothing for you until it converts to a sale. When you consider the, the average cost of an issued lead of being $419, what that means is if your closing rate is about a third, what that means is your marketing cost per sale is three times that amount, which is $1,258.86. So every time you get a sale, that's how much you're investing in your marketing to get it. You gotta know that cost. Because when it comes time to determine where to spend your marketing dollars, knowing that cost is going to put you in a better position than if you didn't know it when you're laying out your marketing program for the upcoming year. So finally, just winding up in terms of the metrics that matter, is one metric that, frankly, many companies, hate to say this, but hardly ever consider. And what that is, is the profitability of your company. See, oftentimes, many of us in this business are just happy having a job, you know, and if there's some money left over at the end of the month, awesome. You know, don't look at your business that way. There's a great book out that I suggest everybody get. It's called Profit First. If you just Google that, it'll give you some ideas of why you have to begin with the end in mind, which is, okay, I'm going to structure everything related to my business around how much profit I intend to make. And man, is it easy to go backwards from that and figure out everything you got to do to do that. But I find too many companies don't do that. And they get to the end. I've seen, and you've seen it too, Kyle. I've seen a ton of companies that have a ton of top line revenue and they go out of business. And you wonder, what the heck? Well, it's because they aren't paying attention to their profit. And a lot of companies, one of the biggest issues many companies have in our industry is they're not priced properly. They do not price their product 
properly so they actually have a profit after they pay themselves. You know, if you ever want to sell your business, you know, this has got to be in order. So sorry for jumping on that soapbox. Yeah, but no, it's that's a good one to jump over on. And over again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is, because that's what our businesses are all about. Yeah, there's one other book I'll throw on top of there uh, for the listeners uh, along that same lines. It's Profits Aren't Everything, They're the Only Thing. Um, and so you hit the nail on the head there and you had brought up about, you know, our company should have a warning light, just like that check engine light or low oil light or whatever in a car. And really, uh, one of the things I help clients do when I go out and visit them is, is create those warning lights. So, you know, we always like to talk about industry averages and things like that. But I think as a company, when you really take a deep dive into your numbers, everybody's numbers is just a little different, you know, for what's going to work for them. And so knowing what your numbers are, one, to begin with, and then figuring out what your warning light numbers are. So in other words, if your, you know, uh, set to issue rate needs to be at least at 50% to make your profit, uh, then, you know, as you're reviewing and having your team meetings, you know, weekly, biweekly or monthly, however often you do that, and you're looking at those numbers and you see that it's not at 50% issue rate, well, that's your warning light right there. We should be diving in and trying to figure out, you know, who, what, where, why, when kind of deal uh, and be able to really look at, at all teams. Usually, you know, when you're talking about, you know, marketing and then the call center and then the sales team, usually in all those conversions, there's a little bit of every team that has to do right to make it happen. And so really figuring out where the issue is lying and, and boosting up all sides of that to hit your numbers. Uh, and so going along with not only knowing your numbers, once you figure that out, I really feel you have to set what is your minimal acceptable, you know, performance numbers. So that way, you know, when to go, you know, danger, Will Robinson, we have to, you know, dig into this and figure out what's going on. You're right. You got to have those benchmarks set up, and you know that you, you know, you got to hold your employees uh, accountable for those benchmarks, and not let them go below certain numbers, so that the equivalent of that check engine light doesn't go off in your business. That's right. And uh, so, kind of getting near the end here, Tim. Uh, you know, we're all aware that Market Sharp is definitely one of the leading CRMs in our industry. Uh, can you summarize why CRMs uh, in knowing that data is just so important to success in today's marketplace? Yeah, happy to. In doing so, I'll, I'll quote somebody that most of us know is Bill Gates. You know, he's certainly responsible for a lot of things that happen in our world now. Uh, here's what he said a number of years ago, Kyle. He said, the best way to put distance between you and the crowd is to do an outstanding job with. And here's what he said. He said information, and you can substitute the word data there. And then he went on. He said it's how you gather, manage, and here's the big one, use this information. It's going to determine whether you win or lose. So what it's coming down to is the data is the absolute core of our business nowadays, data meaning your contacts, whether they be prospects or leads or customers, and everything related to that. It's the absolute center of your business and without a CRM it's really tough to get your arms around that and you really cannot optimize everything going on in your business without that so it's no longer an option in my opinion um, to not have an industry specific CRM you know notice I put the word industry specific out front of it you know because our business is runs a little different than, than like a pizza shop 
or a car dealer or something like that. So industry-specific aspects of CRMs are critical so you can get the kind of numbers out of it, get the marketing flow and everything else the way it needs to be. And I think you really need a CRM that's also holistic, meaning it does everything. It does lead gen, it does sales, it does production, it does customer management. You know, there's a lot of CRMs that are maybe strong on one of those things and have virtually nothing on other ones. You've got to have all this stuff interconnected. And that brings me to the last thing I think that's important to look for when selecting a CRM. Make sure it's connectable. There's a lot of great tools out there that many of us use. And to have your CRM be able to connect right up with those and then have them work seamlessly and flawlessly without juggling here and there, you know, really makes, you know, going about your business a lot more pleasant and a lot more profitable. So that's kind of what we've seen on the CRM front. Awesome. Good to hear. Well, that brings us to the last section of the show here, Tim, uh, called Power's Powerful Point. And uh, what powerful point do you have for the listeners today? You know, gosh, I think for years, you know, ever since we started talking about, you know, market sharp and CRMs and efficient businesses and all that, there's something that stuck in my mind that somebody told me a long time ago. He said, man, when I was in a different business, he said, if you really want to be successful, you know, my ears perked up. I thought, I'm going to get a secret from some guy who really knows his stuff. And here's what he told me. He says, all you got to do is do the right things consistently. You know, I really didn't like that advice right then, Kyle, because it was kind of vague. And I thought, oh, great, thanks. But you know what? There is extraordinary wisdom in those few words. It's, it's our job to identify what these right things are we should be doing. And, you know, that's frankly pretty easy. Uh, things that you guys are doing you, Kyle, and Tony, and so forth. I'm excited about the upcoming event uh, in October. You know, go to these types of things. Find out what people are doing to succeed. But here's the deal. You know, identifying what these right things are we should be doing, you know, can be done fairly quickly, fairly easily. But that last word of that phrase, consistently, yeah, that's the one that takes a little bit of work. And that's where, thank God, technology tools are around to help that happen. So do the right things consistently. Last bit of advice I got, different guy was in the same business at this point. He took me aside. I wanted his secret. He was really successful. I was so-so. I said, you know, Jim, tell me, what can I do to make my business look like yours when I come back to this event next year? And he looked me in the eye and he said, I'm going to tell you, Tim, I'm going to tune you in on what I call reality thinking. And I thought, great. And he went on to say this. He said, think about how you got your business to the point it is right now and ask yourself this question. And again, my ears perked up. He said, Tim, if you do what you've always done, and I think everybody on the podcast know what he said next. You're going to get what you always got. Absolutely. And I wanted to hit him. Because <laughs> again, I wanted something specific. I wanted a direct mail piece that was magic, you know, that kind of stuff. He didn't tell me that. He gives me this goofy, vague thing, but guess what? It's decades later, and I still tell that story every chance I get because it's some of the best wisdom I think there is. Yeah, those are you know, some... think about where you're at. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are some think great, Think about where you're at if points. you're not happy. You know, you know, nowadays, Kyle, if you do what you've always done, you can get less than you always got. So it's just good advice to stay on top of things, always be on the edge, the cutting edge, 
continue to improve. Knowing your numbers allows you to do that. So enjoyed our time today, Kyle. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I really enjoyed having you on here, Tim, and look forward to seeing you out in LeadCon in October. You got it. Take care, Kyle. Yep. Bye, Tim. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. For a free consultation on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Thank you for listening.